February 3, 2021. So watch for Pedro Show.
Thank you. 
Live for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. First Tuesday of Feb. There's 21. Uh, we start off with a blessing. John Coltrane and Don Cherry. I think Mr. Ed Blackwell was on drums there. Then the vi very interesting song, The Vitamin. Michael Evans. And uh, I, I love this tune. It's fucking mind blown. <laughs> and the people, I'm not totally man alone. I mean, Brother Matt's in the Love Grotto. The pleasure point because we're in quarantino mode still. But not totally man alone because of those... <laughs> Software geniuses in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Mr. Michael Evans with me. Welcome aboard, Michael. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah. And we're talking to you from Brooklyn. Very interesting question. I just noticed on my Skype handle uh, that it says I, I was in New York. And that where that's where I would have been had I not uh, moved part of the year down to Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, okay. Home of Sun Ra. Mr. Sonny That's right, Blanc. the Magic City. Sonny Blanc, yeah. And a great club there called, well, maybe it's gone now, but it was called Saturn. It was the drummer man from uh, Man or Astro Man ran it. it great pack. Uh, I want to go. Interesting. I don't know if it's still here, right? Yeah. I yeah. Can find out. I was there last, you know, in the fall of 2019, my last tour I played there, but I think maybe. And before that, he had the bottle tree. But anyway, uh, and before that, right, going way back is the Nick and stuff. I have played Birmingham for many, many times. But I want to talk about your musical journey, please, Michael. What about your earliest sure. musical recollection? 
<laughs> it's very interesting because uh, I checked out uh, from a good friend of mine that I had remembered, and I thought you might be asking a question like that. Uh, and uh, I'm ready because it pretty much blows my mind when I think about it. It was uh, a friend of mine whose father, when we were in late high school, maybe the first year of junior college, and I think he finished junior college. I didn't. Um, his father said, I'll pay for you if you go for business, but I won't for music. So he had to make that decision. I'll never forget the day that he you know, had to make that ultimate decision, and he chose business. And I was really bummed out because he was a great guitar player. Anyway, his name is Jay Korngold, and I believe he said, I thought it was fifth grade, but in sixth grade, him and I did a duet. And I believe we work some stuff out, you know, compositionally, if at that age you think you can remember that you did. But I do think we did try to work some things out. And then we improvised the rest of the time. And my mother drove us there. So that's uh, the next person I'm going to talk to about that experience. Uh, I talked to her years and years ago about it, but I wanted to find out which grade it was. I think it was fifth or sixth. But it was uh, us performing at a retardation center and it was called Sunland Retardation Center, Sunland Training Center. Uh, and we went in, we performed him on guitar, me on drums. Uh, I, I don't, I can't recall whether they had a kid or if I brought some, you know, stuff to uh, combine whatever they had. It seemed like that more. And uh, we just did our thing. And it was one of the most glorious experiences early in my, my life where I got to connect with people. And they just happened to be folks that were uh, retarded. And they were dancing. And it was jovial. And it wasn't negative in any kind of way that I can remember, you know. But that was one of the most glorious things, I think, that I tried to remember uh, back then. What town yeah. was it? What town was it, Michael? That was in Miami, Florida, probably okay. North Miami, a place called Ogis, which is like a uh, regional uh, title. Um, like what would it be like a, if you're in Brooklyn, like Greenpoint or Williamsburg, those little sections of the Brooklyn areas, you know? I, I think we'd call them a neighborhood. So, so that's home, right. home of the rat bastard. <laughs> that's right. And I've never met him. And I drove by there on the night that his uh his club was closed or where he booked was closed and i uh, i had heard great things about him when i was down probably in the past 10 to 20 years yeah visiting what, my mother she still lives in north miami now uh drummer man ed wilcox a friend of his so uh hmm. now you being a stick man in okay fifth sixth grade uh but you had already got on the drum. How did you get on the fucking drums, Michael? That's what I'm trying to remember. You know, like, it's very interesting. It, it was almost whatever they had around to beat, because that was what sort of a, a, a guy that I was beating things. And, you know, uh, my mom, I, I was raised poor. So my mom worked, worked, worked and uh, brought in the money. And we lived with her older brother, my uncle. And he basically raised me till I was about eight years old. But I remember my grandmother discouraging me from beating on things, my stomach, tin cans, the pots and the pans. So I kind of feel like all together that was, uh, you know, the truth be told to come 
was me just beating on anything. So I think there was some of that in addition to drums themselves. Yeah. What, 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 what about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? I was in concert band. Uh, our teacher's name was Mr. Lee and that was in junior high. And I remember being, and again, you know, we have these fond memories of being somewhat outcast and never really knowing it till you get that, you know, uh, dude that's straight, you know, saying, man, you're really <laughs> weird. And then I just started saying thank you and then would do the square sign to them and that would really piss them off. You know, there's, there's an early lyric, Michael, in a song called Wooly Bully. <laughs> Right, That's, uh, Sam the Sham. Right, the I think it's the yep. first AM radio song that had a fucking Espanol count in. But uh, he uh, also says, uh, "Don't be L <laughs> seven." And you know what L seven is, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's that yeah. symbol you're talking about. And I That's think right. I think we're talking 1965. You know, he toured. Uh, uh, Taff Falco turned me onto this. He toured in a fucking hearse. I'm telling you, his records, if you ever put some of those on, you would be very surprised. Well, not you, but uh, folks would be very surprised as to how uh, actually like sophisticated some of that music is. Oh, yeah. It's Texas-Louisiana really kind of hybrid of uh, yeah. version of rock and roll, R&B. Yeah, it's fucking yep. bitching. I, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Patty told that. <laughs> Ron, Ron, yeah. Ron Ashton, love that stuff. So... Can you tell me what record you bought with your, the first record you bought with your own money, Michael? Wow. That's a difficult one because it definitely is a toss-up between the Beatles and the Stones. Okay. Because my, my mother would listen and really key into the radio along with a lot of other things. But I think it was probably Can't Buy Me Love from uh, the Beatles. So a 45. Like a 45. Yeah. Or I somehow got my hands on it if someone loaned it to me or, yeah. And what about the first gig you went and saw? <laughs> Remember, it's a watch from Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong of, answers. Of course. Oh, no, no, no. That's kind of like my vision on music. There is no, you, you know, <laughs> this is the best. This is the worst. It's all music. Music is music. Yeah. Sweet caress. That's you know, beautiful. give me a kiss. Uh, but definitely this one is funny. It's, uh, nope, definitely. Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, yeah, I remember them. And Blood Rock. And I remember Blood Rock. Flint, Flint yeah. Michigan. Uh, I, I can't, maybe Blood Rock was from Ohio, but I know Flint, Michigan for uh, that other band. Yeah. I saw Jay Giles been... blow them away because they uh -huh. were huge. That red record... They changed yeah. their name just to Grand Funk. Everybody in Pedro had that fucking record. Yeah, that was their second record. Right. And, uh, that particular gig was at a place called the Miami Sportatorium. And I, I can remember that very distinctly because I thought the smell of patchouli was actually marijuana. <laughs> or, or what some people had said, you know, like the the other member of the family was hashish you know like oh and uh, i was getting into what that would be and i wanted to smoke some and and they were like no 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 you got it all wrong that's this body oil that the hippies wear <laughs> perfume <laughs> and that was all throughout the audience and I, yeah I, was really I, I know like, that ah. i know that odor <laughs> mike i want to play this organizing the chaos from you
We hebben zoveel mogelijkheden, toch krijg je het voor elkaar je nog te vervelen. Dit is een van de vele derde orde problemen waar we over klagen, die we openlijk delen. Maar dat is om het leven, niemand houdt je tegen. Je komt eroverheen, de grootste gemene delen. Pak de kans, kom in de benen of bepaal dat je de dag voor de tv doorbrengt. We maken ons zo vaak zorgen over of we wel alles uit het leven halen. Omdat er veel te beleven van omgevende pieken, je ziet alleen het dal. Toch hoor je bij de club bij de tegenvallende leden tal, want de jackpot wordt altijd uitgekeerd in deze regio. Bij behoorlijk bestedingspatroon mogelijkheden legio. De wereld ligt in je voeten, maar besef je dat, dan weet je dat ook. Want bij het ingebreken blijven van het fenomeen begrijp je dat je eigenlijk altijd al de vrijheid had. Maar weinig gezeik, dus uiteindelijk goed. Want bij het ingebreken blijven van het fenomeen begrijp je dat je eigenlijk altijd al de vrijheid had. En als de ooglippen verdwijnen en de blikken van een weinig naar de omgekeerde realiteit, hoe wijst die af? Bij het ingebreken blijven van het fenomeen begrijp je dat je eigenlijk altijd al de vrijheid had. En soms dan werk je dit bewust, dan hangt het ergens in de lucht. Dan maak je er een feestje van op een vrijdagsdag.
for Pedro show. Yeah, start that chunk of music off with Michael Evans and organizing the chaos. Then we had Von or Juan because it's Dutch, right? Juan Von the dog with uh, and the tunes called In Gabreka. But most of that belongs in my fucking throat. I can't do it. It's a demo and uh Excuse me, Dutch people, for slaughtering your language. I didn't mean to. Hands rotten from Switzerland with noise nonsense. Then a little smiley face, parenthesis and semicolon. You know, that way you can get all artistic with some uh, phonetic symbol. Brahma's Prendon scuttled for cheese. The Peking, his new solo record, 48. I guess it's his first solo record. It's beautiful. I love it. Bobby... Uh, Bob Fay, uh, Matt Jones, a demo of their new uh, project put together in a tune called Twin, Twin Earth. Twin Earth. And finally, Magnetic Heal Healing from, uh, how do you pronounce this, Michael? S-I? Is it Eastside Percussion? 
Yeah, it's without the T. So okay. it's E A S. Yeah, but how do you pronounce that, Michael? East Side Percussion. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, ESP for short. Sure, sure, sure. And it's great. Uh, uh, a magnetic healing. So Thank you. now you did that gig at the uh, uh, Center for the uh, yeah, Retardation thing. And uh, would you call that a band or was that a one off thing with your guitar buddy? We had a, a duo going for years. Okay, and okay. Just in the past week, I actually talked to him because I uh, owed him a call. And we have cassettes of that stuff. Also makes me want to, you know, digitize some of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. And he, he pretty much, you know, I think he's been playing guitar on the weekends and he became a certified public accountant you know, due to his father uh, paying for his uh, business schooling. Sure, sure. Yeah. So he kept playing guitar, which I was happy about. Yeah. But that's your first band, and it kept going for a while, except for the yep. big uh, college decision. Yeah, that put a that's, that's right. What, what, what did we say? Yeah, we, that put a damper in the pamper. Yeah, we performed <laughs> probably in a bunch of different places, but mainly did a lot of recording at home and uh, you know either his house or my house now, when we were growing. Up. Now, when I when I hear that, I'm thinking of your poor lonely kick drum. You didn't want to get together with a bass man. Good question. I think that came later when I realized that was probably what I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, I'm a little biased. In that uh -huh. area. <laughs> okay, I know there's more more room in the ride, probably, but that poor lonely kick drum. So that's right. So, uh, did, what's this man's name again? His name is Jay, Jay. Korngold, yeah. and his last name, interestingly enough, uh, he is related to the uh, classical, uh, I think it was a, a distant, uh, it would be in his family, I forgot, uh, Wolfgang Korngold, uh, famous jazz, uh, classical composer, um, some distant part of his family, so he probably had it in his genes. Well, yeah. did, did you and Jay tour? Probably did multiple gigs in the south of Florida, you know, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, sure. Hollywood. Yeah, not not really very far uh, outside of Florida. Yeah, yeah. we got to tell the listeners, there's a Hollywood in Florida, people, and I got a funny Minutemen story. Me and D. Boone were having an argument or discussion <laughs> outside a bank, and they got all paranoid and called the hombres, and the guy exist. But D. Boone went into some health the food thing to get some spirulina and the officer comes up. Uh, where are you from? Hollywood? And like, that's the kind of thing you would say here in SoCal to a, like a poser in the punk, early ah. days of punk, right? You know, Hollywood. And I didn't realize there's a Hollywood, Florida. You know? And yeah. uh, D. Boone had me wearing army clothes with a beard, so I looked like Fidel. So where, where's your partner? Uh, uh, che? Or no, Fidel. He goes, no, no, Fidel, where's Che? And the boot <laughs> came walking out, and uh, they just started laughing. They let us go. They, uh, yeah. But that's my Hollywood story, <laughs> Hollywood, Florida story. So, uh, do you take? I mean, you said you were playing music in junior high with the, the orchestra. Do you t take an academic route with drumming? I did. I went. Actually, that's when I uh, decided to go. I was born in Massachusetts and grew grew up there till I was eight, and then my mother remarried. Um, when uh, she remarried, it was to a man who brought us to Florida, to South Florida. So I grew up there, and then decided to come back up north, ironically, to go to uh, Berkeley College of Music. Yeah, yeah. 
and I never graduated. And I've been told by some uh, of my heroes that if you graduate, your music career is over. And I always got to keep on that one, you know, like, uh, and, and I can kind of, I can understand it in a, in a distant sort of way. And uh, I, that's not really altogether true, but you know, like uh, you, you go there for what amount of time you need to and gain contacts and perspective. Yeah, that's what I heard. There was a lot of good connects. But what, how would Definitely. you, how would, if, if I asked you to assess the whole experience, how would you put it, Michael? Of going to that college? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much what you said was uh, hanging out, meeting various people, learning what I ended up wanting to learn. And then, unfortunately, the story uh, takes a bad turn where my father... Uh, said he would pay for me to continue to go to that college if I was to get a degree. And I told him I didn't want a degree. I wanted to be a performer. So he said, I'm sorry, I can't continue paying a lot of money for you just to be a performer. So I said, okay. And then I just played on the local scene up there in Boston. And then I moved to New York in 86. So, so you were in some Boston bands? Yes. I didn't. Uh, actually include one of the, the groups because I didn't have a USB turntable uh, and, and uh, uh, that was uh, one of the groups that probably uh, ha had renown. Um, I played with a bunch of them, but this one was with Amy Mann. Uh, if you know her work, uh, Till Tuesday, she did some work. Uh, I think she lives in, on the West Coast. But anyway, the band I was in, it was sort of a new wave punk band called the Young Snakes. Sure. And that was in Boston. Yeah. Uh, now, was it, was it much different than playing with Jay? Yes. <laughs> more, more you, you know probably the thing about jay that he informed me about which i think made it last so long and we had so much fun was we really were truly improvisers we just played what we didn't know together and then you know playing music that had form and had repetitive uh you know, uh, schemes going on. Uh, there was something we composed, a few things that we composed together that were like that, but usually it was just jumping off the cliff, which I found really a lot more interesting. And I like that term. You know, uh, Sam in, uh, in, in Pueblo, Sam Marsh, Bob Marsh, mm -hmm. Bob Marsh, I'm sorry. He, he called it jumping off the pole, jumping from the yeah. pole. Yeah, yeah, I like that in idea. any kind of music, right? Yeah, right. sure, be, sure, sure. Doesn't matter what kind right. it is. Yeah. So you go to New York City, nineteen eighty-six. What's the first thing you do musically? Very good question. Wow. Uh, probably freelance, which is quite a lot of what I did anyway. Um, I did perform in some groups. Uh, one of the ones that probably, again, you know. <laughs> renowned to me yeah like uh you, you you're you're a complete uh success in your own mind sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> it was a band called artless and i don't know if you oh know yeah, 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 yeah 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 I, yeah I, yeah I heard. And we toured europe and actually one of the 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 members uh, i've been in touch with the most uh who lives upstate new york uh right close by woodstock and his name is bill yolittolo He's actually a bass player, multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, he was the bass player in that band who got me the gig. And that was a lot of fun. Did a lot of touring in uh, uh, lots of different parts of East and West Germany. 
Yeah. Yeah, in those days. Uh, and, you, and Eastern Europe. Yeah. I, I got to tell people, in the old days when you did a tour, you half the gigs would be in this country called West Germany. Yep. <laughs> now, yep. I, see, I've noticed a lot of New Yorkers move up the river to the Hudson Valley. Ooh, especially right now. That's Yeah, but know, maybe the last five yeah. years. Maybe the last five years, though. Yeah, like I'd say even 10 to 15 noticeably, and then probably five, like beyond a shadow of a doubt, many of the folks that we know. Yeah, because uh, it's just become so gentrified. I think New York has lost its charm, and I say that to some of my friends there, and they're like, oh, no, but it's still going. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, uh, back to your music thing. What, what yeah. about playing in the city? How did you fucking move your drums around? You're asking some great questions, my friend. Automobiles. Okay. Later, you know, uh, and then you get this chance to play on the crappiest equipment that they supply that's you. That's already at the pad, right? Yeah. yeah, that's probably in the past decade or, you know, two. <clears throat> yeah, 10 to 15 years, actually. Where you go, you just bring your cymbals. You have to be in charge of fixing shit up. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be hopeless. You know, tuning, uh, bringing some heads, if you can find out what the diameters are. I've done that before, you know, because... <laughs> Someone said you're gonna want to change those heads, you know, you know things what, like that. You know what they call that symbol stuff in England? No. Breakables. Bring your breakables. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michael. But, we're at the end of the first hour, February third, twenty twenty-one edition. Watt Pedro show special guest Michael Evans. Hold tight for hour two. February three, twenty twenty-one. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Which way they go? 
Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour. Michael Evans Superstar, which is a great band name. And then Film Real Studies Number One. Sam Bennett after that, who actually is from Birmingham, Alabama, but is uh lived That's in Tokyo. Right. Lived in Tokyo now twenty five years. Yeah, he was Lower East Side guy, right? In the nineties and stuff. And also he had a he had a shift he pulled for a while in, in, in Boston also. But he's been That's twenty five years. Okay, so you're a buddy of fucking yep. Sam. Yeah, great. That's yeah. right. Totally. Okay, Waku Waku Kingdom after that. Brother Shige from Berlin. Well, actually from Tokyo originally. Uh, Waku Waku Matsuri Festival. Huh? Dale Cover. Here's a drummer man who made a solo record so he can play everything he wants to. <laughs> Including uh -huh. the drums. Kiss Proof World. Anthony Perroge. He was on the last uh, episode. Incredible guitar man. The New Electric. And finally, Alexander Hacke with yours truly. Now, I know Alexander. And in fact, a year and a half ago in Berlin, I saw him. Uh, him and his wife have been on the show uh, here. Oh, in great. fact, she's going to be on again. They got a new record. And uh, yeah, he's a very interesting cat, a great musician. Totally. Uh, yeah. So how'd that happen, this, this yours truly, this collab? When him and Danielle came to New York a number of times. They stayed with uh, me at my house. And then um, once later in me and my girlfriend's place. And, and uh, it was great having them, you know, share meals. And he had uh, on that from that particular record uh, sanctuary, he had been uh, doing a travelogue thing where he would go to different people's places with his recording gear and uh, record them and have them create it and then create over that through overdubbing. Um, I think my thing was he just let me do my thing and I had a lot going on at the same time. And then he had um, Andrew Umra, right. who's from Neubauten, uh uh, he calls us avant-garde star percussionists. <laughs> <laughs> he did the alarm clocks on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and uh, Alex was the, I think the mixer, very possibly could have played some things on there. I forget. Uh, but uh, that was a whole lot of fun. I think he just went to Los Angeles, had Sugar Pie Jones oh, yeah. uh, do some things and, uh, I think Algis and uh, Vincent Signorelli did some things for him. And so it's like, uh, I think Larry Mullins also. Yeah, Larry. Yep. I did two and, two years of uh, Stooges with Larry. That's right. You know Larry very well, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we've been doing a whole bunch of collabs. We we are rhythm section for Tab Falco Tour 2015. Wow. Tell me about Michael Evans' Superstar. Wow. You're going to crack up. Uh, <laughs> that particular record was uh, uh, a demo that I sent a friend of mine, uh, Jen Ken Montgomery from New York City, who is a great uh, artist uh, of sound. And uh, he is the minister of lamination. So he owns a bunch of laminating machines. And he, if you have a party and you want to invite him, you can invite the minister of lamination and he'll be over there in the corner. Uh, outfitting everybody with their laminations and uh, that's a whole nother story but 
uh, he had a, a record company that uh, he co-led with Scott Kunzelman, who's still in Red Hook, Brooklyn, great sound artist himself. And it was called Generator. And I think it's still going on. And his offshoot label was ATM OTW, which stands for Artist Throwing Money Out the Window. <laughs> and That's I wanted fair. to be on it. So I asked him, you know, here's my material uh, recorded at a friend's place. Uh, would you be interested in releasing it? So instead of writing me back, I didn't hear from him. So I was trying to figure out, well, what's up with not ever hearing back from him? I work at a record store, or at that point, I worked at a record store uh, called Earwax for many, many years in Brooklyn, sure. in Williamsburg. And he snuck uh, his newly formed, in the cover itself, my demo, done up with these various like different uh, sleeve things in the front and the back. And uh, he put it together and he had it you know, not for sale. And he stuck, stuck it in there, and I had a, a, a mate that I worked with, fellow employer employee, and she contacted me and said, hey, your solo CD's in here. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, it's on ATM OTW Records. And I'm like, oh, my God. He <laughs> snuck it in there and put it in the, you know, the collection of stuff being sold. And so – then I made a deal with them where I did all the silk screening of the covers and uh, and, and he um, burned the CDs and I got a baseball card made, uh, you know, uh, of myself uh, on it with, you know, a uh, very interesting picture and uh, some quotes on the back. And <laughs> it's a very funny release. I think we only did 500 to 1,000, and of course, I probably have like three or four left, but we were talking about re-releasing it. Yeah, like, uh, that's the story. And that particular cut, Film Reel Studies, that was recorded, that whole record, at Larry Seven's house. Have you heard of Larry Seven? Larry Seven. He was, he's still around. He's a good friend of Larry Mullins, and they made a Christmas album. Oh, uh, yes, I know all about it. I know all about it. Yep. Larry told me about all these fucking uh, uh, bamboo kind of percussive. Yep. Incredible music. And yeah, unfortunately, it's yeah. never been released. You know, someone, a donor should come out, you know, of uh, a disappearing act, you know, from society and put some money down to get that thing released because it's incredible. Yeah, but yeah. He, rec he recorded that record. Uh, he was the engineer. And I call him Mr. Magic because everything was like so like uh, put under a magnifying glass audio wise, you know, and that particular cut is a part of a series, I think one through 15 or something, really short pieces. And they all involve reels from films mixed in with my various crazy percussion. And wow. Drums. I want to yeah. play. I want to play organs in the air.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start that chunk of music off with Jason Willett, Michael Evans doing Organs in the Air. Then uh, Sam Locke Ward from Iowa City with in the Quiet Man doing Ketamine Freakout, number one. This <laughs> probably wasn't a number two. <laughs> Sleep Party People after that with the Trent Trente Moeller remix of The Dwarf and the Horse. Uh, for the continued existence of Blank Master from Sigodi. And finally, Deviant Shakti with Shamanic Guides. Deviant Shakti, Michael. Mm. Really wonderful piece as a part of a record, you know, with LaDonna Smith, who uh, um, uh, actually playing with every week down here in Birmingham, you know, and uh, she was part of a duo with Davey Williams. Unfortunately, he left the earth uh, three Two and a, yeah, three about three years ago, two and a half or three. That's right. And that's right. she unfortunately, uh, fortunately, she's doing great. She unfortunately recently had a quintuple heart bypass surgery. Whoa! And she is as sharp as a razor and getting it together, exercising, playing her violin again. I just played with her a couple of times. And we're going to continue that. And uh, she's actually responsible for me getting a rehearsal space here. I'm, I'm uh, now on that, putting my stuff in there. I'm going to set up in the next few days. Uh, so really great things are happening. But that was a duo record that she and I made uh, in my studio in Brooklyn when she was up visiting. Yeah. But she's a big reason why you're in Birmingham now. One of the ba the biggest, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me about this uh, uh, piece with Jason Willett, Organs in the Air. Jason is uh, a real powerhouse, and he, I believe, is from Frederick, Maryland. Not too many people know about Frederick. Some do, but I think now lives exclusively and has for a number of decades in Baltimore. And that piece was just him and I doing a duet. He recorded it, and we both were using broken air organs. You know those kitty organs that you you just turn on? Yeah, they got like and, a little fan or some shit. Yep, yep. And they were out of tune, but <laughs> somehow in tune, out of tune, if that can be a good way to describe it. You know, like, and uh, I think at the end, I turn mine off and he turns his off and, and the pitch goes down. And I don't know. There's just something beautiful about that piece. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Look, Michael, we're at the end of the second hour, February 3rd, 2021. Just watch Show special guest, Michael Evans. Hold tight for hour three. February 3, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watch for Pedro Show.
I don't blame Steve Jobs for what he's done to our bodies and our brains. No, no, no. I blame you and me for making Steve Jobs feel like what he done was right. I don't blame Steve Jobs for what he's done to our planet and our workers and our slaves. You know everything we've done since 1982 was wrong, and Steve Jobs just a puppeteer in a turtleneck. And I don't blame Steve Jobs for turning rock and roll into a store at the mall. I blame you and me. Accepting the seduction of being normal. I don't blame Steve Jobs for driving a spike through the heart of the public space. No, no, no. Blame you. Yeah, 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 and a prescription to cure ambiguity and confusion, and the struggle to carve out one's own life. Like a shonen knife, the man had fourteen wives. My text messages. My kids got lice.
For Pedro Show, we start off the third hour. Jason Willett again, Michael Evans, JW and me. Then we had Crane, Dirk, and Jim doing Combustible Live Jam. Guys from the Hill. Fatso Jetson, that's Mario Lolly from uh, Apple Valley. Here lies Boomer's Panic, way before that stoner thing. Mario, Pioneer Man. Stony Spring after that, Jobs. And finally, something from Robert Wyatt called Beware. Now, Robert Wyatt was a drummer man when he was, you know, able to do drums. What was it like playing with him? I didn't actually play with him, which is pretty fascinating, and you wouldn't really know. Um, I did look at the, because the, I have the cover, you know, in the CD. Um, that was an interesting story, because what a big fan I am of him, you know. We all are. Soft and uh, my ex-girlfriend still you know, very friendly with her, Karen Mattler, uh, daughter of Carla Blay, Michael Mattler. Um, she did that record with him and these uh, tunes of hers, in addition to some standards and maybe a, a couple of Roberts, were on this record, Beware, uh, excuse me, uh, Cuckoo Land. And Beware was one of the pieces on a duo record, along with uh, a tune that they also do called Mr. E., I guess you you'll be able to guess uh, who that's about, <laughs> and it's an instrumental. And uh, on the record that Karen and I did, her duo record that I appeared on, uh, I, I did some whistling of the melody. And uh, I don't know if there's whistling on that particular uh, version of it, but that's on there. And then uh, Beware is on there. So respectfully, when we were together, he. And I had been in touch about uh, South African uh, expatriates that had moved to London 
uh, Dudu, Pokwana, um, Mongezi, Feza, uh, Johnny Diani, uh, Louis Moholo. They had uh, uh, escaped the South African apartheid and uh, chose to go to Great Britain and they ended up uh, doing a lot with the improvisers there. So he and I shared uh, his experiences with knowing those guys and sent me some materials that I had been in touch with them about uh, 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 on cassette. And I digitized those and actually formed a band that played that music uh, of, of those musicians. And so I had been in touch with them originally already. And then he wrote me a letter, uh, actually a postcard, asking if he could sample my drum pattern on uh, Beware. And of course I was like, I would be honored. And uh, and he did, and then he played over it on that tune. So I never recorded with him, yeah. it was just me being sampled. And uh, I've never been sampled before. And so uh, I, I feel honored to have been sampled by him. Well, you know, Mr. Uh Clyde Stubblefield, right, with his funky drummer. <laughs> he's part Whoa. of he's part of more song. So in a trippy way, you did play with him. <laughs> in a yeah, trippy way. Right, right. It, 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 maybe virtually, right? Yeah, like right, if right. you were to speak in that fashion. Absolutely. Yeah. Proxy or something like this. Look, I got something you gave me an entitled, I don't know, a jam or improvised something with uh, uh Paul and Steve, a trio. Let, let's play this. <laughs>
Thank you. 
Live for Pedro Show, final music for this edition. Paul Jaluso? Uh, yes. Okay. Steve Vitello? Vitiello? Yeah, Vitello. We got some Italianos here. Okay. Michael Evans. <laughs> yeah. My Ma's people from there. If I should know that shit. And uh, what, what, what is this trio, Mike? This was a trio. We played some live gigs, but mostly did some recordings. And it was uh, me on drums, although I'm not on drums on this cut. I'm playing theremin through some guitar effects. And that's one of the things I enjoy doing. I'm going to get back into that soon. And uh, uh, Steve, very interesting sound artist um, as of recent uh, decade or two, but really incredible guitar player. I'm not even quite sure. I hope he's still playing guitar, but uh, he was doing his thing on there. And then Paul Geluso is a great sound artist himself, uh, playing uh, upright bass through crazy effects. And I think Steve Vitiello was using one of the Eventide, early Eventide effects that allowed him to do some very interesting things. And I guess the reason that I included this particular cut is because what I did on the theremin through the guitar effects doesn't sound like a theremin. (laughs) I can't tell what the hell it is. And I love that aspect of playing that instrument through you know, those uh, forms of processing. Sure, yeah. sure, absolutely. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Then we That's had, right. We had Seafield after that with Airless. That was uh, Brother Shige. Yeah, another band he had. And then finally, another trio with you involved, Michael. Fulminate or Fulminate Trio. Fulminate. Fulminate, okay. The Tiger Variations. Uh, in lightness. The beginning of that, I think of when I was recording it as a pinball machine starting. <laughs> you take your, you know, like thingy, thingamajigger down there on the right, Flipper. pull it out with the ball, and oh, yeah, strikes yeah. the ball through, yeah. Sure. And, and, and then uh, I go through a series of uh, portamentos of increasing the tempo uh, faster, come back slower, and, and there's those forms that take us to then the the ensemble of the trio, Anders and Ken joining. And then there was a worked out system. I don't even know, like, uh, it was a numerical system that I came up with. And, and uh, it just grabs you, uh, or whatever, grabs me in, in creating it, you know, like uh, shakes you some at one point gets so fast it's off the map and then completely you know fulminates and, and uh it's probably where the name of the band came from right that where we did that so well you know and it goes through all these changes i guess metamorphoses some of the other sections were uh written by me and the guitar player anders uh some of them were more of his ideas that I also added stuff to, and then some of them were my ideas that he added stuff to. So it was a collaborative thing and uh, so much fun. And that title was based on a tiger on the West Coast. You may have remembered it in the 90s, uh, uh, getting loose from a zoo. That's right. And going through all these variations of uh, what it where it went and what it what kind of havoc it wreaked and you know i just that's where i got that title from yeah okay and you got a website right i do 
it's completely not up to date, but will be soon. So if people want to, and, and uh, what's the URL, please? Sure, it's uh, www. My name Michael Evans, and then sounds. com. So M I C H A E L E V A N S S O U N D S. dot com. You got it. Yeah. So you're making the transition to Birmingham right now, and uh, have you been composing? Uh, have you been? Uh, what about using the internet for trading file files because of this situation? Have you been doing that? Another great question. It just so happens that when you buy a house, you are thoroughly and overtly consumed by it all. You know, it took so long to be able to close on our house that、uh, that's all pretty much what what we were dealing with. And it's a fixer upper, so I've been trying to get more on that. And、uh, now, since I have a rehearsal space, I'll definitely get back in there and. Get some things done, but really haven't been doing、uh, very much, except maybe every week, you know, improvising with some people,、uh, one group on Zoom, and then、uh, of course、uh, I mentioned earlier、uh, with Ladonna Smith. That's just off the map, great and fun.、Um, I'm going to be taking an audio course through a friend of mine, and、uh, luckily he's gotten、uh, grant funding to be able to teach it. To various people, and I ha- happened to you know, see the invite and got back to him in time, and he said, "Sure, join in." That's going to be in、uh, maybe a week or two, so I can get my skills better together. Yeah, Michael, to be I think able to do the files. I think that's a great idea. I think more musicians have got to get used to record themselves. Why does it have to be another、Absolutely. cat? There's nothing wrong with a guy with a lot of skills, but I think、yeah. you've got to get a little more self-sufficient. You know, because of situations like this. Yeah, and it's more economical. Everybody's got a pewter anyway. Why not turn it into a tape recorder? This is true. I'm not fearful. Some of my peers are totally old school. I'm sure some <laughs> of yours are too, right? And I'll let them do the absolutely, job. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, I'm what I'm the old man running, chasing after the train, going, "You're going too fast." <laughs> you know, it's going to happen, right? So get on board. Michael, it's been a great honor to have you. When you get all situated there and start making new music and stuff, will you come on the show? We can play it and talk about it. I would love that, Mike, and I'm I'm so honored to come here and talk with you and have you ask me such interesting questions. Oh, bitchy, most bitchy, truly. Keep on keeping on, brother. People, it's been the February three, twenty twenty one edition. Wap Peter, she'll keep your powder dry.